Welcome to the Fish Nerd, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd of the Fish Nerds Podcast, uh, Licensed Fishing Guide, and super happy to be here. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in this week. Tonight on the show, we are super, super lucky. We have Anthony Von Desser, uh, which I said wrong and I practiced beforehand, uh, creator, uh, creator of the... Creator of the Curse of Silver Lake RPG podcast uh, on tonight as our co-host. Uh, we're going to do a fish quiz with him after a short interview. We've got um, fish nerd reviews, fish in the news, and who knows what else will happen on tonight's show. But let's talk about nerds because when I was a kid in high school in the 80s, the biggest kind of nerd there was were those who played uh, tabletop RPG, which means role-playing games, Dungeons and Dragons. My brother had a 20-sided dice. He probably still does. He collected dragons. He made me play D&D with him. He got pissed off every time I made my uh, dwarf uh, have sex with an animal or something. And uh, that was my experience with, with RPGs. But I bumped into Anthony uh, through our podcast because... His podcast is called The Curse of Silver Lake, and longtime listeners will know that the fish nerds often will use the hashtag SuckItSilverLake because it's the worst lake in New Hampshire to fish, uh, and it's where I do most of my guiding. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Thank you, Clay. It's an absolute pleasure to be on here and to to be able to cavort with uh, another fisherman <laughs> of Silver Lake, although your Silver Lake exists and is real. <laughs> well, I mean, there are there's a lot of Silver Lakes, which which makes your show have some like uh, weird popularity that doesn't quite match up with your topic. Yeah, there's also a Silver Lake in Los Angeles, and there's probably more than that. Yeah, there's they're all over the country. There are actually two in New Hampshire. Uh, and there's some controversy on which one is worse, but they're both terrible. <laughs> well, if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to this show and you live near a Silver Lake, let us know and uh, we'll make sure that our shows get to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so seriously, I mean, I, I only know about you because of the name of your show. Um, I actually have another friend who does an RPG podcast called the... Um, Called Magic and Steel. His name is David Steele. Oh, God, I have to check that out. Yeah, it's an RPG show. And I don't listen to his show because I don't play role-playing games. Because uh, although I'm a nerd, I'm a different kind of nerd than you. But really, honestly, like, the truest sense of nerddom is RPG guys. You are a real nerd. Like, the very definition of nerd. And I'm excited about that because I love nerds. Which means that inherently we're going to be friends. Well, and we love you. <laughs> <laughs> so give us a quick, um, and, and keep it brief, but, but Anthony, what is the, give us the elevator pitch. What is your show's like tagline? What is your show? The Curse of Silver Lake is an audio dramatization <laughs> of an RPG campaign between my friends and I. So essentially th there's a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of D&D &D or tabletop role-playing podcasts. Mm -hmm. And what they are is a group of buddies sitting around a table playing. They're called live plays or actual plays. Mm -hmm. And they just record themselves. And there's a ton of them and they vary in quality. They do vary. Our show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And some of them are really great. Yeah. Um, our, our show is not that. So our show is a audio drama. So we play the game. And then when we're done playing the game, we take what happened, turn it into a script, you know, and try to 
write it as best as we can. And then um, my buddy, Daniel Dye, does character voices. He does all the character voices, and I'm the narrator. And we put, you know, background music and sound effects, and it's a, it's a full-on audio drama. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what. I li- listened to the last few episodes... And I didn't. I couldn't even pick the RPG out of it. I kept waiting for like you to roll the dice and change what was going to happen. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, there's no dice rolling. That does happen, mm-hmm. but it all happens before uh, it gets turned into a podcast. So all the dice rolling and the random chance of you know characters could succeed or fail, all of that is included, but it's not heard on the show. So it makes it really friendly to people who are not like D&D people who are like kind of interested, but they don't want to sit and hear a bunch of talk about like rules and, and dice <laughs> rolling and explaining, you know, that a character has a certain number of spell slots and this modified. It's none of that. It's just a story. But then people who love D&D and love tabletop games, they'll also enjoy it because it's a story based off of a game and they will see the game element. So it's kind of for everybody. Yeah, and, and I, I've been enjoying it because it really is a storytelling show. Um, and I, I keep waiting for your characters to go fishing, but I haven't found that episode. <laughs> that episode uh, they, they, okay, so they do go fishing. So just like in, in any game where you uh, fight bad guys and you get hurt, there's like healing potions. Mm-hmm. You know, like pretty common element, not just in our in uh, tabletop games, but like video games and stuff. Right. I'm a Zelda guy, you know, from the 80s. Exactly. So I get it. Exactly. Yeah. So in our game, because I enjoy fishing, the healing function is fish. <laughs> so the, these guys, they ca- uh, one of the products of this fictional place called Silver Lake that I created for the game is uh, trout. So people catch trout. And they smoke them, and they add some like medicinal herbs, and that's how the characters get their life back. Oh, that's perfect. And and let me ask you: so you created this? Is this game you invented, or is, yeah, or is this a game? So, so you you completely you? Yeah. So this is what's called a uh, homebrew. So Dungeons and Dragons. Gary Gyg- Gary Gygax created the original Dungeons and Dragons that everybody everybody knows what that is, even if they don't know how it works. Right. And then there's other commercial versions, but they all kind of function on the same principle of like one guy is the storyteller of the game and the other players respond to that storyteller. And then you roll dice to determine what the outcome is. So, for example, uh, I'm I'm the storyteller guy in our group. So I'll say like, okay, uh, you guys are fishing. Right. (laughs) And so, you know. My players will say, well, we're going to go fish over here underneath this tree. There's a log. It looks interesting. Okay, cool. So you got your lines in the water. Let me roll the dice. And then we so roll if you the roll, dice. So you roll a one, you get snagged. You roll a 10, you catch the fish. I mean, do you have it kind of like that level of... That's, that's pretty much how it works. Yeah, like if you roll a one, like it's a, what's called a critical fail. It means like like it didn't work at all and something bad might happen as a result of how badly it didn't work. If you if you roll a 20, you did something awesome, like, you know, caught a trophy fish or something like that. I have to bring real dice on the ice this winter and, like, <laughs> roll the dice. So, uh, give a little background. I, you guys sell a map of Silver Lake on your website. Yeah, we just we just made it, just put it out. And, and, and I bought a map. I like to think I'm the first one to buy one, but I probably wasn't. 
But I, I saw it and I bought it right away to hang up in my ice shanty, which will be on Silver Lake. And I'm tempted to hang that map on the outside of the shanty so that travelers on the lake will look at that and think that's the real map of Silver Lake that they're that's fishing so on. That's so awesome. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very tempting. I might do that or just do it for a little while. And so it'd be really fun to like put that map down on the ice, drill a hole, and then roll the dice and see if I can make what's happening in the ice fishing hole match my dice roll. Okay, so fishermen are like so superstitious that mm-hmm. you're going you're gonna to mess around and roll a 20 like one time and then catch mm-hmm. like an amazing fish and then you're going to swear that that's the secret <laughs> to catching a trophy fish. I think fish. you're right. I think you're probably right. But, you know, I will do that, and I'll make a little video for you, and I'll, I'll post up on your Facebook group, and you can, uh, you can do whatever you want with it. Oh, man, yeah, that's, that, that'll please me no end. Yeah, so we'll have a lot of fun with it. And again, it's like thecurseofsilverlake.com. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and it's a really good podcast, even if you're not a role-playing game nerd. If you just like stories, which all of us do, it's worth listening to. The most recent episode had zombies. I mean, who doesn't love zombies? Okay, so yeah, uh, you know, if you're a new listener and you're just trying to check it out, I suggest um, maybe start with episode five. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that one, and uh, we put it together well. And if you like that one, then you can go back and get the rest and, and, and binge and have fun. Yeah, and how many, how many shows do you have done so far? We released seven so far, and I'm working on eight right now. I try my best to get one episode out a month. A month. And because and, your episode's highly produced with, with acting and sound effects and all that stuff. So one a month, people don't realize, like even like a, a show like I do, like the Fisher's Podcast, it's one hour of recording and about five hours of production afterwards. But a show like yours, where it's scripted and there's engineering and sound effects and all that, probably takes a lot more than that, right? Yeah, it takes it takes a ton of time. I haven't fully calculated it, but the script writing process is very intensive. My friends and I, we actually can't get together in person. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we play over Facebook, and so I'll post a Facebook message, and they'll respond to that Facebook message. And that's how we play the game. So what I do is I take all those messages and I just copy and paste them. And then I have to delete all the superfluous information. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tedious. Sounds um, terrible. And then, yeah. Write a script and oh, then give God, it to my man. buddy to record. And I, So I think it's fair to say that it's a minimum of 40 hours mm-hmm. for a 30 minute episode, but I wouldn't be surprised if some of these episodes go up and go up to like 80 to a hundred hours of work. That's amazing. And you've done seven episodes and kind of fun trivia for you. 50% of all podcasts stop at episode seven. All right. Excellent. Well, we're yep. definitely not stopping at seven. Yeah. So eight is on the way. Yeah. Well, I'm, so I'm at, this is number 181 for us. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, so we're, we're pushing, we'll be hitting 200 this spring at our five-year anniversary. It's tedious, it's work, and it's super rewarding and fun, especially when you get an interaction with the listeners. Are you getting that? Are you getting feedback from listeners? Uh, we're getting a little bit. We're, we're growing every episode. Of course. And we definitely have some super fans. Mm-hmm. I was just interviewed by uh, Matt and Phil at Semi-Intellectual Musings, and it's the same deal as you. Oh, screw like them. I, you know what? Those bastards, I can't believe I can't believe those guys interviewed you before me. Oh, man, those jerks. I, I, 
I'm, I'm so mad. I know you're closer. You could like walk over there. Yeah. Oh, no, I never heard of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. They, um, so they're called intellectual musings, uh, semi intellectual musings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're fun. They're funny guys. And, uh, but they were, they're, they were like you, they don't play role playing games. They're not a part of it in any way. They just somehow just listened to an episode. I think, you know, probably heard about it somewhere else. And they're just like, oh, wow, this is really great. And they really enjoyed it. It's really great. And, and so you, but in real life, you fish. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I try to fish as much as I possibly can. You know so what? You, I mean, I guess that's every fisherman, right? So you're a fish nerd just like me, believe it or not. Like, we're not that different. I don't know if I'm on your level <laughs> of fish. I, want, I, I aspire to be a fish nerd like you. Oh, no, you're a fish nerd. If you fish whenever you can, you think about fishing a lot, you got a show called The Curse of Silver Lake, it has fishing as part of the game, you qualify as a fish nerd. So congratulations, you've made it. <laughs> you've made it to the fish nerddom. <laughs> awesome. You know what? There's nothing further for me to accomplish in my life. You can stop your show at So 7 now. You can just say, like, I'm done. <laughs> it's perfect. Nice. What, what kind of fishing do you do? So I just recently moved near the Delta. So For I'm those just who don't learning. understand California, which is most people, <laughs> what is a Delta? <laughs> So the Delta is, it's, I'm not even sure how big it is, but essentially it's all the water that comes towards the San Francisco Bay Mm -hmm. through Sacramento. And it's this enormous expanse of brackish water. Mm -hmm. It's fresh water and it's huge. And the fishing is prime. It's all uh, wild fish um, as opposed to, you know, stockies Mm -hmm. and, um, that's what I previously fished was, you know, stocked lakes like Lake Chabot for like uh, stocked rainbow trout. Mm-hmm. But fishing the Delta, right now I'm learning how to fish um, stripers. And a small striper is like a huge trout. Oh, yeah. I mean, these things hit so hard. So they're, they're just a lot of fun to, they're a lot of fun to fish yes. and I'm learning the holes, like where the big ones are at. Although I haven't caught a real sizable one yet, but it, it's just nice to be out there. I, I, you know, for striper, striper fishing, I'm happy catching schoolies all day long. Like, I, like a little two pound striped bass would keep me happy all day. I never got a big one. I'm, I'm perfect. It's gold. That is like a guarantee out here. There might be some times of the year where... They're just not hitting, but for the most part, if you set up and you soak your bait, you're going to be pulling them in. Oh, that's so, so it's just, yeah, it's so nice. That's so cool. And so stripers and cal- and you catch the rainbow trout, which uh, in New Hampshire, we have rainbow trout, but they're not natives here. Uh, rainbow trout are native to California where you are. And back in the 1880s, when they first started bringing, bringing trout into New Hampshire, the rainbows, they called them California trout. Like in the history books, oh, uh, they weren't called rainbow trout. I, they were called huh. California trout, and brown trout were called German trout because they were from Germany. So uh, it's it's really cool to see that kind of connection between New Hampshire and California, and they brought them in on trains, you know, in the 1880s. So there's imagine these big train loads of trout going from California to New Hampshire just so that I could fish. Only the best trout made it. The so very you guys got all, best. Like, the, the most, all the muscle trout out there. The most progressive of all trout came from California <laughs> at the time. <laughs> That's really cool, man. And uh, you have kids? Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got four boys. Wow, four boys. 
Yeah. Were you like trying for a girl? Like, okay, one more. No, one more. No, one more. No, like. I, I was I was blessed when I married my wife yeah. with uh, three wonderful boys that came with her, uh-huh. and then I have, and we have one of our own. But I mean, they're all my boys, man. I I love them to death. Yeah, it doesn't matter all that stuff. Um, and that's cool. And you know, being you know being an RPG guy, the fact that you got married at all is a, is a minor miracle. <laughs> I, I think you're trying to paint a picture here. Yeah. <laughs> See now, okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, what you just witnessed is what it was like to actually be a nerd. Like, if you call somebody a nerd nowadays, it's kind of like a cool thing. Like, oh, exactly. hey, I'm a nerd. But uh, back in the day, you know, before it was cool, this is what it was like. Right. Now, see, I'm making fun of you. Now, in high school, my nerdiness, I was a juggler and a magician. So, believe me, you've got nothing to worry about here. We're, <laughs> we speak the same language. We're just a different kind of nerd. That's all. You know what? All, all of us uh, RPG yeah. nerds, we made fun of you guys behind your oh. back. <laughs> and we deserved it. <laughs> we, we didn't say anything, though, because you're really good at throwing stuff. Oh, yeah. My aim was sharp. <laughs> I can't roll a <laughs> dice for shit, but I can't mean. <laughs> Hey, so I, I put together a little quiz for you. All right. Well, I gave you show notes, but I did not share this part with you. All right. Time for a little fish quiz, a famous fish quiz. Uh, and, and long-time listeners will know, we used to, every interview, we used to do a fish quiz, and we're bringing that back tonight. And so what Excellent. I did, and I was thinking about Dungeons & Dragons, and I assume you played that as a kid. Yeah. Am I right? Okay. So I assume you played that as a kid. And so what I was, I always liked being a dwarf. That was my favorite kind of character. Excellent. Dwarves are awesome. So, uh, so what was your favorite kind of character in D&D when you were a kid? Uh, okay. So typically, so typically I was the DM. Of course and you were. And I'm not, I'm not, the t- some DMs will play a character along with the other players. Mm-hmm. I don't typically do that but when i played i I like to do things on on, lots of people play like um humans or elves and stuff like that so i like to go for like a for like a hobbit or just just something different just to have a different experience yeah so i don't know if i had a favorite per se but my favorite was something unusual just to make it fun yeah i was i was a dwarf usually and i my brother my brother was a dm and I used my only goal was to ruin the game. That was it. <laughs> yeah. My only goal. Fun. Not as bad to play with as rules lawyer. So my brother was always a DM, and he was strict, and he used to throw the board around. He would get pissed. He would throw dice at me, which only <laughs> encouraged me more. Of course. So, but being a dwarf fan, um, what I did was I tonight have a ten question quiz for you, and all, I'm going to give you two words, and one is the name of a dwarf. And the other is the name or the part of a famous fishing lure. Your job, decide which is which. Which is a dwarf and which is the fishing lure. So let me use All a, right. Number one's going to be an example. Okay? Okay. Uh, so the two choices are Alaric or Rapala. Which one is a dwarf? Alaric is the dwarf. Alaric is a dwarf. And did you just know that? Or was it because Rapala you know right away? I didn't know that. I knew the Rapala was a lure. Yeah, Rapala. And I, and I might pronounce things different just to make it <laughs> harder for you. <laughs> because I don't know how okay. to pronounce dwarf names, and I also am terrible at pronouncing uh, real names. So well, that's it, cool, because so when I like totally fail this quiz, yeah. it's because of your pronunciation. Oh, you can always blame me. It's fine. Well, you already got the first question right. <laughs> All right. Second one, Aguila or 
Baragor. Gila or Baragor? Uh, I want to say Baragor is a dwarf. Baragor is dwarf. Aglia is the Meps Panther Martin, or any kind of Meps, uh, Meps Aglia. So, one of my favorite trout lures, in fact. How about uh, uh, Zara or Dimrond? Oh, that's a good one. Zara Dimrond really Dimrond. sounds like a dwarf. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Uh, you are right. So, and Zara is a classic uh, Zara spook. And I should say, all these lures come from the uh, Field and Streams 50 most best lures of all time. And the uh, dwarf names come from, uh, I googled famous dwarf names. <laughs> so whatever that was, I forgot. <laughs> At least you're not asking me what they're famous for. Oh, that's, that's, that's stage two. All right. How about uh, Fimber or Gidzit? Uh, Fimber is the dwarf. Really? Are you sure? Yes. Oh, you're, well, you're right. You're, you got the first four <laughs> clean sweep. We can stop right now and you can be a winner. <laughs> okay. Now, Gidget's a really nice little uh, jig for uh, crappies and stuff. And the Zara Spook is that, that floating bass lure that uh, it looks like a torpedo floats on top of the water and bass just crush it. It's one of my favorite lures. How about, nice, um, nice. How about Garen or Gibbs? Uh, Garen sounds like it could be a fishing lure, but it's a, it's a pretty classic dwarven name. And Gibbs. Gibbs does not sound like a dwarven name, so I'm going to say that's a lore. Jesus, man. Five out of five. Right now, you're full-on winning. If you get the next five wrong, you lose. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, you get one more right, you've won. You've got... Well, I think, I think we're really determining what kind of nerd I am, because I'm basing all these decisions off of which one sounds like the dwarf name, and the lures, I didn't know any of them except for the, except for the first one. Right. Well, there you go. How about uh, Yamamoto or Legazo? Uh, Yamamoto makes all kinds of fishing stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the classic Gary Yamamoto Senkos, which is the most popular uh, bass lure of all time, I think, right now. It's huge. Either that or some sort of, like, uh, long-lost eastern dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping. I'm hoping to smash you with something. All right. How about we go uh, Hopkins or Smacky? <laughs> Hopkins or Smacky? Mm-hmm. Hopkins or Smacky? I mean, Smacky sounds like a like a nickname, <laughs> and Hopkins. Uh, see, you got me because neither of them sound too dwarven to me. But I'm gonna go ahead and go with Smacky. There's probably some story about how he got smacked around by a troll or something like that. <laughs> so you say Smacky is the? Uh, yeah. Are you sure? It's not too late no, to change. I, no, I'm not sure, but but I, I have the courage of my convictions. <laughs> well, your courage is correct. You so far are seven for seven, and this game is pissing me off. All right. <laughs> so if I get them all, do I like get your eternal soul? Or is if that you get them all right, I'm going to mail you uh, some fish nerds decals. Oh, sweet! Yeah, now, I'm, gonna now mail, I'm motivated. I'll mail you them anyway, but it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking. So I was talking to my editor tonight, and he was just saying, like, "Hey, Clay." You keep giving all your stuff away, and people keep selling stuff on your show for that makes them money, but you never make any money. You've got to change what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm having fun. <laughs> so we're stuck. I mean, that's where it's at. That's where it's at. You know, 180 episodes of fun. All right. So we got Smacky Hopkins, you got. All right. This one's a hard one. We got Balji or Throbin. Balji or Throbin? Balji or Throbin. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with Throbin because it sounds like the Tolkien-esque naming conventions. God 
damn it. Like, you just, <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the Balgy is a balsa swim bait classic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, gosh, man, like you really, no question about your, your credentials are clear here. All right. I'm feeling pretty good about them, yeah. Uh, well, you've got eight out of eight. And I, I worked really hard on this, and you're not working hard at all. This is oh, well, it's very entertaining. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. Everyone listening is enjoying it. Well, and that's they're my especially hope. enjoying how frustrated you're getting. Ah, it's making me mad. All right, this one. I have uh, Hedon or Morag. Oh, that's awesome. Hedon sounds like uh, Dwarven royalty. And what's the other one? Mordak sounds like a, like a warrior to me. Hedon and Mordak, Hedon and Mordak. I'm going to go with, uh, th- this one might get me, but I'm going to say Hedon is a dwarf. Hooray! All right! I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that you're wrong. I, I can't tell you. <laughs> so Hedon makes uh, the uh, the classic torpedo bass lure. Oh, Hedon. You didn't yeah. pronounce that correctly. No, I did it on purpose. <laughs> I, I have not pronounced anything correctly tonight. <laughs> I have full rights here of pronunciation problems, especially with dwarven names. <laughs> All right, how about uh, last one? You got you got eight out of nine so far correct. If you get this one wrong, you lose. That's, right. <laughs> I just changed all the rules. <laughs> the only questions that matter. You know one. what? See, now you know how how being a DM works. Right, DM, it's a terrible job. All right. Uh, how about this one? We have uh, Flacky or Culprit? Uh, Flacky. Flacky's what? Uh, the dwarf. Flacky is the dwarf, and, and Culprit is the classic lizard rubber swim bait. So, 9 out of 10. Uh, I'm so sorry you failed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at this. The worst, the worst fish quiz ever. But you did it. Hey, nice job. Congratulations on the fish Thank quiz. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That was delightful. <laughs> it was totally fun. Um, but it was my first attempt at trying to say dwarven names. A little practice, and I will get it right. You did pretty good. You know what I'll you do is, is I'll go a Star Trek uh, episode soon, and I will do all Vulcan names. Okay. And we'll see if I can do any better. <laughs> I bet I don't. <laughs> you know, the Vulcan names, I, I mean, they're... They sound Vulcan. I think mm-hmm. even if you're not a Star Trek fan, you could pick out a Vulcan name. Yeah, but if I pronounced all my fishing lures with a little bit of Vulcan accent, you know, who would know? Uh, there you go. Yeah, who would know? So, yeah. So stay tuned. I like that. If I find a Trekkie who can connect with fish in some way, we will get him on the show. But we'll do it. Hey, um, so you do your you know, Curse of Silver Lake. How do you pay for it? I'd pay for it. Um, <laughs> Cash I mean, it, out of pocket. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. kids don't uh, eat. We... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's got to record. Yeah. Sorry, um, kid. No, I mean, we're we're seven episodes in, and the access that people have to technology to broadcast is so great now that it's not like you need a whole, you know, radio studio and a tower and millions of dollars. So, I mean, I just got my MacBook Pro, GarageBand. Uh, I find all the sound effects from Creative Commons along with the music. You know what Creative Commons is? Yeah, that's what I use for my music too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And probably my my biggest asset is my buddy who my is, rich friend uh, <laughs> 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 no he um he's a voice actor you know he's a he's an yeah. experienced voice actor so he brings something to the show that not everybody can get so that that's what allows us to do this right free talent is good talent right that's the that's my motto <laughs> the reason i'm asking is because my show is funded through a website called patreon.com and 
And what I ask is my listeners to do is to go to patreon.com forward slash fish nerds, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash fish nerds, and help us fund our show. And we're asking listeners to give us a dollar an episode, so four bucks a month to help us keep this show going. When you're seven episodes in, you're not asking for money yet. You're like, wow, this is so cool. When you're 180 in, your wife <laughs> needs to go out for dinner once in a while. Uh, you need to, you, I, of course, sponsor around the world need better microphones. I just mailed out a microphone to two of my correspondents this week because of Patreon. And then you get that, you know, you, you get more, your show grows and it costs more money as it grows. And that's the, the challenge of making a podcast. How do you pay for it? We don't have any solid sponsors on our show. We have supporter listeners, which is really great. It makes the show belongs to the listeners. Beautiful. Uh, that's beautiful. It, it I mean, we we it's do pretty. we do sell stuff like shirts and stuff like that. Sure, I, I gave you guys so. thirty bucks. I bought a yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bought I bought swag from you guys, and and I decided so this year we're not really selling swag so much. If you need to get a fish nerds hat or a fish nerds uh, uh, bandana or decals, right now the only way to get them is to support us on Patreon. So if you give us at the $1 episode level, I'll get decals to you. $2 an episode, you get a bandana. Uh, five bucks, you get a hat, and you're my best friend. Uh, if you give us $25 a week, which is a whole bunch of money, 100 bucks a month, and I don't expect most people to do that, uh, I will uh, talk about your business on my show. My friend Josh Lopes, lopestax.com, gives us $25 a week. And so he uh, gets to be a show sponsor. And, and right now is a good time to talk to him. If you are uh, following along, our country's taxes are changing significantly. And you may need a new tax guy. If you're in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, or in that region, go to lopestax.com and uh, talk to Josh and say, Hey, listen, I know you're a fish nerd. Maybe you can help my taxes. And so that helps us and it helps him and we all win. So patreon.com slash fish nerds. That's how we pay for our show. Well, I'm going to have to look into a Patreon. That sounds, that sounds it's nice. great. And it, it honestly, it doesn't put any money in the bank. Uh, when you're 180 episodes deep, the show is just expensive to run because uh, bandwidth is expensive. There's a lot of people involved when you get that far in. Uh, so it, 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 when you get that far with your show, uh, you won't be just two people. You'll grow. Yeah, well, I'm already on my I'm already on my second mic, yeah. and looking at oh, you know, the show would be better if I had this, if I had that. So yep. yeah, I, I I can see how you that upgrade. Happens. I have I have a ten accounts that cost me like fourteen bucks a month. All these little tiny things, but they're all little tiny things that make this show a little tiny bit better. And tiny bits, just like that one dollar an episode, add up to a big difference in the quality of the show. So, but please give to the show if you like what we're doing. It would just make all the difference in the world. How about we jump into a little fishing review with our friend Hugo? Hey guys, Hugo Maderos here. How's it going? Actually, coming at you with a uh, non-cooking related. Um, little segment for you guys today it's on um the coolest product um that's related to the outdoors one of the coolest products uh my wife actually just got it as a gift for me and this is one of the coolest gifts i ever got and i know uh clay has one as well and what it is is a heated electric jacket this thing is awesome. So I'd actually, I got an initial one and I didn't really understand it. So when I received it, it was more like a, like a fleece seeming uh, hoodie. 
And I was under the impression it was going to be something, you know, like an outer layer you could wear. So uh, I returned that one. And the second one that I decided to get was awesome because it actually ended up being uh, on sale when I purchased it. And this was in maybe the third week of November. It was only like, uh, I think it was 130 bucks, which was amazing. Um, the other, this one is the uh, Bosch, uh, let's see, PSJ120S-102 men's 12-volt uh, jacket. So this one's awesome. This one's got a, uh, you know, it's like an outer layer. It's got a water repellent outer layer. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool. So the thing has three settings. You can make it as hot as you could possibly want. Uh, I haven't really hung out in the outdoors in the last couple days since I got it, but I've been outside and I love this thing. So basically, I can wear this very light, I think it's like two and a half or three pound jacket. It's, it's tiny. It's a very light, light jacket, nice looking, uh, and a t-shirt. So I get to go outside wearing a t-shirt and a light jacket all winter long. I do not even put on the heat in my car. Uh, the jacket is uh, as hot as, as you would want. So it's awesome. Highly recommended for you guys. Um, ideal. It's a, I'm thrilled to, to get it as a gift for my wife. Uh, it'd be an ideal gift for Christmas time. Uh, you really can't beat it, especially folks that uh, are into ice fishing or you know fishing in the winter at all or uh, hunting. It is, uh, you just can't beat it. And uh, if I really want, uh, I think when I go ice fishing and if it's snowing or really bitter cold, I'm going to wear a, um, I have a heavy jacket, multi-layer kind of ski jacket I can wear over it. Or I can even wear my uh, neoprene stormer, nice uh, waterproof jacket there. But if you're looking for a gift to give to somebody that lives into the outdoors in the wintertime, this is perfect. Check us out on Facebook, guys. Fish Nerds Podcast. Thanks, everybody. See ya. All right. Hey, thanks, Hugo. Now, Hugo usually is our fishing um, cooking correspondent. And this week, he, he wanted to brag about his, his uh, sweatshirt that had a heater installed in it. So that was, that was Hugo with his uh, review. And um, special thanks to Hugo's wife uh, for buying it for him. <laughs> so I got to get one of those. Yeah, you know, I have one. Um, and last week's show, I reviewed it. Um, and I, I wear it every day. But I wouldn't trust it in on the cold weather because uh, layers are safer. You'd be better off with your own body heat. Yeah, we don't know what cold is. Not in here. California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Fish Nerds Guide Service, the only ice fishing guide service serving the Mount Washington Valley of New Hampshire. Uh, Fish Nerds Guide Service is actually me, Clay Groves. Hi. Uh, I'll be. If you want to go fishing, just go to uh, fishnerds.com. Click through and check it out. This year, we're offering a special four-week teenage fishing clinic. So if you've got a kid between the age of 12 and 17 and they bother you, give them to me on Sundays from 1 till 5, and I will take them ice fishing and teach them cool things, uh, and we'll catch lots of fish and have a great time, and I'll bring them back to you safe, happy, and cold uh, on Sundays from uh, 1 till 5 p.m. Again, fishnerds.com for more information on that. And if you want to book a trip with me, again, fishnerds.com, and uh, we can take you fishing. Have a great time. So you have you been ice fishing before? I have never been ice fishing. It sounds like an amazing thing to it's, do, like a full-on adventure. It is a very different kind of fishing. It's The reason I guide ice fishing is because of the uniqueness of it. Um, now, today, I got hassled on the Internet 
for offering a teenaged ice fishing clinic and charging money for it. Someone said, how dare you charge so much money to take people fishing, take kids fishing, when you should be doing it because you love doing it. I was there they, to my advertisement for the uh, for a teenage ice fishing yeah, class. How do you how do you respond so to my, that? I mean, my you're... first response was, <laughs> um, I have kids, and I pay for gymnastics, and I pay for dance, music, and choir, and all these things, and my kids love them, and not once do I ever say to the person teaching it, "How dare you take my money?" Yeah, exactly. For a service. Uh, and so I, I, so I wrote that, and then I wrote that one more sentence. How much would be the right amount to charge take kids fishing, <laughs> right? And then I deleted the whole thing because I didn't want to get a negative argument with uh, on my business page. But I, I just felt like, it yeah, makes sense. but like, Good I, mean, I get his point. Like, fishing should be fun, and people should love it. But a lot of parents don't have uh, the skill set, or they're, not, they're afraid of ice fishing. And by hiring a guide or studying with me, they got someone who knows it really, really well and will do it safely. And the kid will be safe and they'll learn new things. And it's cheap. It's four weeks for $175. Now that you put it that way, if I was sending my sons to go ice fishing, I think I'd rather, I, I don't know if I'd send them with some stranger who just offered to do it for free. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I got, I, yeah, like an experienced ice fisherman well, I'm a, I'm a licensed, is the way to go. trained fishing guide who has insurance <laughs> and, and who's highly okay. trained in CPR, first aid, ice rescue, and all the things. Or you can yeah. have some guy That's doing the way it for to go. free. Now, in, in, that, in the person who commented defense, I also do a lot of fishing trips for free. I take the Boy Scouts fishing. I take the Girl Scouts fishing. I give away three trips a year to charity. But there's only so much you can do when you have a business of giving things away before you're like, maybe I want to get paid. You know, I got to pay my insurance bill, you know? Maybe they're just upset because their job isn't going fishing. (laughs) They're just jealous because they didn't go to guide school, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Every single fisherman dreams of, you know what? I'm going to get a boat. I'm going to learn where all the honey holes mm-hmm. are, the the tides, and 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 I'm going to quit my job, and I'm going to become a guy. Yeah, no, I, don't, I haven't quit my job yet. I'm not there yet. <laughs> all right. You, you just ruined the fantasy. I know, I know. I wish. I wish I could podcast and guide for a living, and maybe soon it'll happen if I get a few more nice. Patreon supporters. <laughs> <laughs> Life goals. News, news, fish in the news. Everybody loves their fish in the news. How about some fish in the news? Best kind of news is fish news. All right. And this is from Variety. Uh, and uh, the this is Variety is a big, you know, entertainment magazine. And uh, news about James Franco. James Franco cashes in on Silver Lake Micro Compound. Yeah. After less than two so months on the we, market, entertainment industry, uh, James Franco, director, producer, and star of the critically acclaimed Biodramedy, <laughs> Biodramedy, the disaster artist, <laughs> sold his two resident micro compounds above L.A. Silver Lake for $1.35 million. So Silver Lake is in the news. I, you know what? I actually, uh, I actually heard an interview yeah. uh, about that. And, uh, yeah, so basically... Uh, we are related to that show, James, and we want our cut. Yeah, where's your money? Now, I'm looking at this uh, compound 
Uh, and it's it's nice, <laughs> but it it must be oh don't yeah one point three five million dollars, yeah. and it's just like a house. Uh, welcome to and see that's so that Silver Lake is in Los Angeles, right. and here near San Francisco, we blow those prices out of the water. Really, it is insane. Yeah, I'm the the cost of real estate. I mean, yeah. he's got a nice garage. I mean, he's got a living room that's 17 by 9, 11 by 9 bedroom, a kitchen, one bath, only one bath. That's for that much money. So that's, uh, there's some good news, right? Good for James. I like him. Yeah, I'm glad it He must have made all his money podcasting. He probably did. He probably did. All right. <laughs> How about some more news? And this is from uh, Delaware Online. Uh, police find body in Silver Lake. So Silver Lake is just all over the news, including in Delaware. Uh, I'm picking up a trend here. Well, it's going to change soon. Uh, a man kayaking on Silver Lake discovered a body uh, discovered a body Tuesday and alerted Dover police officers, and they retrieved the 39-year-old resident Anthony McDonald in the water. So. Silver Lake is uh, good for housing values, and it's a murderer. It's Death Lake. Now, did he... Were there any bite marks in the victim's body? Well, now that I've clicked like through the news headline, uh, or... I am noticing the website is just clickbait. Uh, and so, while I'm here, I can buy fishing hooks, lures, and uh, poles, but I can't actually find the rest of the story. <laughs> I'm just wondering, so, you, know, you know, if it was some sort of nefarious beast. Uh, the beast of Silver Lake. What it, you know, does your right. Silver Lake actually have monsters and beasts? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that Well, in episode five, the the guys come across some pretty substantial beasts. Um, I don't want to spoil things, but, <laughs> it, you know, uh, g- goblins, trolls, um, and as the, as the story progresses... I start to add in uh, new things that are not usual to D&D just because I wanted to tell a more interesting story. So that's that's the primary deal, actually. Most of the time when they're fighting stuff, it's not like they're fighting some other guys. I mean, sometimes that happens, but it's usually they're hunting a monster or a monster is hunting them. Something of that nature. Gary. Gary. And now, have you ever killed any of your players? Uh, Yeah, so... This is actually like a deep philosophical question in uh, in tabletop gaming is, are you the kind of DM that kills a player or not? Right. And because uh, people get attached to their players. I mean, some D&D games, people play for years and years and years. And you kill them. You're so that guy. Long investment. <laughs> yeah. So I, I let my I let my players know up front, like when we created these characters, I told them, you know, don't. Don't name your characters like after your children or anything mm-hmm. because I might, you know, they might die. <laughs> and the whole the whole premise for that isn't just to be a jerk, but it makes the game more interesting to the player if he knows that his decisions could result in his character dying. Oh, it- he'll be a more cautious player, he'll make he'll make uh more sound and interesting decisions that's my opinion oh, well, maybe you're right i don't know i haven't i haven't played an rpg game since i was 15 so i have no idea yeah. i assume you're correct speaking <laughs> of being correct uh the uh peppy news.com <laughs> it's a real or so people news p-e-p-l news.com has a, a great story uh that's very dangerous and maybe you can work this into your game 
Uh, the headline is, Octopus Eats Aquarium Employee's Penis During Sex. I don't know if you've read this ahead of time, but... Uh, no. No. no uh, I, I, I must have missed that one. It's very related to your story. A uh, 28-year-old San Diego <laughs> Zoo employee is lucky to be alive <laughs> as he has been hospitalized and lying in critical condition after allegedly, allegedly, trying to have sex with a giant Pacific octopus. When everyone knows the sexiest octopuses are the tiny blue ones. I added that in because it's true. Uh, it took medical personnel several hours to successfully release the octopus that had latched itself to the man's genital area. Funny, they could say penis in the headline, but not in this story. Uh, we did the best we could to, yeah. uh, but the octopus's beak has tremendous pressure, and the animal had started to digest part of the man's genitals, explained Dr. Julia Andrews of the San Diego Medical Center. California news, huh? When we separated the animal from his body, <laughs> his penis had been severely slashed and was hanging by a thread. She added, she was so happy. Uh, we also opened the stomach of the octopus only to find the partial remains of a digested testicle. They call those human oysters, she told reporters. <laughs> I added the oyster part. Octopuses yeah, usually inject crustaceans it. like crabs with paralyzing saliva, then dismember them with their beaks uh, that can exert a pressure up to 2,300 pounds per square inch, for twice as much as a hyena, lion, or tiger. The boy's father, this, this, this is a real quote here, uh, the boy's father, while speaking to reporters, says he has lost a lot of blood, but, is a, <laughs> but it's a good thing he, he got here in time. I don't know. Yeah, it's a yeah, great, yeah. It, that all worked out. By the way, if this ever happens perfectly. to me, I want to be dead because waking up from the surgery would be too much. And also, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you are doing it wrong. Yeah, if you not don't use the beaks, use the mantle. Uh, I don't know what the hell he was thinking screwing with that sea critter. <laughs> but with a little re reconstructive surgery, the doctor said he'll be good as new. I knew, <laughs> I knew he was into heavy metal music and weird satanic stuff, but I didn't know it was that bad, added his mother in tears. So that is from PEPLnews.com. I don't know if that's real news or not, but uh, <laughs> there's a part of me that really wants it to be for reals because it's... You're about to get letters from Satanists talking about how... You know, being with an octopus is not a thing. Well, so you think about the pentacle. There's eight points of the pentacle. You got eight eight arms on an octopus. So it all makes sense to me. Yeah, you've definitely thought about this too much. I spent a lot of time thinking about octopus sex today, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. And I'll thank you never to bring it up again on my podcast. How dare you? Hey, I just want to say for the record that uh, you'll never have to endure octopus <laughs> mishaps on the curse of uh, please if you can work it in though you would be a hero you'd be a, <laughs> you'd be a superhero I, I was gonna say take a look at the map and up at the northern part of the ocean you'll see like tentacles yeah. sticking out but now i don't even want to mention that those I, are squids I, think I need to revise the those map are squids not octopi yeah. octopuses excuse me not octopi octopi is wrong octopuses I, I feel like i need to take it uh, out you now. should definitely anything octopus related to has to go now the sexiest, the sexiest, sexiest mollusk of all time is the octopus. Everyone knows that. It's, it's a fact. Fact of the matter. All right. Let's wrap this up. Do you have any parting words before we wrap up there, Mr. Anthony? 
you know, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on the Fish Nerds, and I hope all you Fish Nerds have a uh, happy hunting. Happy hunting. All right. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch of nerds when you should have been fishing. We'd like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast, go on quests, and do all the silly things that nerds silly do. indeed. Special thanks to Anthony from the Curse of Silver Lake podcast. Get that anywhere you get podcasts. Big thanks to Hugo for being part of the podcast. Thanks for mixing it. Uh, And, of course, thank you to all the listeners of the show. So until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds. Spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. Swim against the current every chance you get.